Discovery is happening at any given moment around the world because of the Alzheimer's Association. Their actions establish foundations that make today's advances possible, like grant funding that expands international studies on the genetic cause of Alzheimer's. Learn more at alz.org slash anygivenmoment. At JCPenney's Memorial Day Sale, sizzling deals are on with store-wide doorbusters all weekend. Or bring home savings up to 50% during our Memorial Day home sale. Save even more with your coupon. And for all former and active military personnel, enjoy an extra 10% off in-store. Just show a valid military or VA ID at checkout. Shopping is back. JCPenney. Coupon valid on select styles through 530. Some exclusions apply. Doorbusters valid 526 through 530 and excluded from coupons. See store or jcp.com for details. Hi there, folks. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo and the beautiful Florida Keys. Today, I'm going to be interviewing uh, Rebecca from Rebecca and the Keys. Hello, Rebecca. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. <clears throat> you know, just we just spoke for a 10 minutes prior to recording this, and my voice was fine, and now it's starting to break up. Um, I have a tendency. I was a heavy smoker for years, and I, I had allergies. I, I think that... Oh, no, this yeah, is not, spring it's not it's a really, that time of year. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a really good sound for me. But uh, Rebecca in the Keys, is, um, Rebecca is the host of a video, five-minute video news uh, program, and she is also a high school English teacher and uh, English language teacher. You were uh, mm-hmm. a reporter for the local, uh, one of the local newspapers, you, and you also own the largest weekly newspaper in the Upper Keys before becoming the editorial director of an investor's relation company in Key Largo. And currently, let's say, give you some of the other uh, things that you do. You have a a bunny and chicken ranch called the Bunny Ranch and Egg Cetera, which is a charming name. Correct. You're a musician and a songwriter. Mm -hmm. And you're the chairwoman of the Isla Mirada Achievable Housing Citizens Advisory Committee. And you're on the board of Wild Women on the Water. You have a rather full life, and you are, a def- by definition, a Renaissance woman, <laughs> aren't you? No, I like to stay busy. Oh, besides all those other things, what do you do in your spare time? I'm just kidding. Oh, in my spare time, well, boating, I'll tell you. I'm looking forward to getting out on the water probably tomorrow. I've been stuck inside for, for quite a while now, and Tomorrow looks like a good day to go and uh, enjoy the Florida Bay. Okay. Well, if if any of the um, any of the listeners uh, may recognize you because you for three years you were hosting videos and commercials on MarathonFlorida.com TV eighty eight, our local Correct. access channel that they uh, show in a lot of the uh, hotels and uh, businesses around here, and then we're highlighting businesses and but just recently. You teamed up with uh, Jim Cusable, a digital marketer, and you um, bought out. You got you sought you got the rights to Rebecca in the Keys, uh, dot com, right. and you started out on your own. So, and you were doing a five-minute video, a free video interview for businesses uh, affected by the coronavirus, and also interesting human uh, human interest stories, survival messages uh, of hope and all those things what we're going to get you to um, 
I'm going to give a, uh, the listeners a place where you can get a hold of you. So if you want to see some of these videos, and we're going to say this at the end too, you can go to Rebecca in the Keys. Now, Rebecca is spelled R-E-B-I-K-A-H. R-E-B-E-K-A-H. Indikeys.com. And we'll put that on correct in the summary description. Look at me. And you you can be you also have uh, you can go Rebecca in the Keys on uh, YouTube, Rebecca in the Keys Facebook and Instagram. And on Twitter it's Rebecca underscore keys or keys. Keys, Rebecca underscore keys. I guess there's another Rebecca in the keys out there somewhere. <laughs> oh, really? Is there anything? Uh, I don't know, but it wasn't available. So. Is that a veiled message that we <laughs> need to get rid of her or something? Yeah, I think she needs uh, no. to. No, <laughs> I know you don't. You don't mean fun. anything. <laughs> Not so. at all. Um, you, you, you sound like, uh, uh, you, you, you sound young, but you've been down here for a while. How long have you been in the keys? You are young. I've young been in compared the keys, to me. Yeah, uh, it depends uh, relatively what you're comparing me to. <laughs> but I'm, a, um, I'm old. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I moved down here in 1999 after graduating from Miami of Ohio in uh, in Oxford, Ohio. I grew up in Ohio, and okay. um, I moved down here as a journalist. I started with the Upper Keys Reporter, and I worked there for a year. Then I went over to the Isla Morata Free Press and worked there for a few years. And then I started my own newspaper, the Upper Keys Times. And I ran that for a couple years. Uh, one year as the editorial director under um, uh, different ownership. And then the second year, I acquired the business and um, owned the business. I believe I was uh, 24. 25 years old when I uh, took over the business and ran uh, that for a few years until the hurricane season of, I believe it was 2003, when all of those hurricanes came through one after another after another. And uh, my business was too young. It was just uh, my own personal uh, company had owned that business for just six months when that hurricane season hit. And it was it was too much. We didn't have any reserves, and I didn't want to go a week without paying my employees. So after Hurricane Charlie uh, had ca- caused the evacuation of the Keys and all of our advertisers pulled for like the third time that season, I said, okay, I'm sorry, we have to hang it up. I got jobs for all my employees. And then I started working for an investor relations firm, Hawk Associates. Uh, for Frank Hawkins, um, big member of the Upper Keys Rotary here, and he he has investor relations firm for small cap and micro cap companies on Wall Street. So we would be their outsourced investor relations company. Um, they are required by law to have some kind of uh, some kind of investor relations if you're a publicly traded company, and so sometimes it's cheaper to outsource that. So you're not paying a full-time salary. So that's what we did. I was the editorial director, and I worked there for a little over three years. I moved to Jacksonville in 2007, and uh, I eventually got my teaching certificate, and I taught there for six years up in Jacksonville at Mandarin High School until I just couldn't take it anymore. I am Rebecca in the Keys, and I wanted to be back in the Keys, and so I I quit my job. I, I loved my job, and they loved me, but I just had to be back here. I quit my job, and 
I applied to Coral Shores High School, and for the last, I think, uh, five or six years, I don't know, I think I'm having times all running together right now, but I think mm-hmm. for the last five years or six years, I've, I've worked at Coral Shores High School as an English teacher and an English language learner teacher there. Mm-hmm. So, okay. and, and so you're, you're at Coral Shores, and um, how'd you get involved with TV88? All right, so TV88, I was, I was actually at a Wild Women on the Water event. We were doing Island Fest at Island Marauder Founders Park, and we were doing the float your own boat where we had a homemade boat. Wild Women on the Water is one of my passions, too. It's a, it's a boater for ladies here in the Keys and um, boating and just social club. And, and so we had made our own boat. We were having a great time racing the boat, and this guy with a video camera, I asked him to move out of the way because the ladies were complaining he was in their way. We were standing on this shore, and I was like, hey, you, move out of the way. And it was uh, the owner of TV88. He was filming all the, the activity and the event. And he looked at me, and he goes, I want to talk to you. And I said, okay. And, and so after the event, he pulled me aside, and he said, I, I think you've got a face for, uh, that I've been looking for. And I said, excuse me? And he goes, I'm... I, shoot commercials i i'm the owner of uh, marathon Florida.com and tv88 and i'd like you to to try out some videos and so that's how i got started with tv88 um that that went really well and um and then but the videos got less and less and it was hard you know having a full-time job too so it, it just a couple months ago he offered to uh let me have the the rebecca and website and and uh, jim and i decided to take it over and and see what we could do with it well Mm -hmm. when the coronavirus hit so this is right before coronavirus um had really come into the united states maybe we had started to hear about it maybe it was right before then but uh we we had this website and we had the domain name we had you know everything set up but we weren't really sure what to do with it and then i just woke up one morning and i I kind of the type of person who really wants to do my part um, in society, in the community, um, I'm really driven to help people. And I said, we can do this as an amazing tool for people to get their word out about what they're still doing in business. You know, uh, what, what, um, how they pivoted their business from, for example, a dine-in restaurant to a carry-out, or um, how, you know, car dealerships have become disinfectant disinfection services for cars and this story of this point in human history if we can provide five minute videos for free just to get the word out about what people are doing in their message and just sort of document this time in human history um that's so unique and so and so different and unusual than anything that we've ever been through before well that you just uh got through to two of my questions right there so that's great so you acquired <laughs> RebeccaInTheKeys.com prior to, with, without the um, foreknowledge of, or the present knowledge of the coronavirus having this huge effect on our economy. Uh, so, right. You've uh, so that started mid March where we started things started shutting down. It was the 14th, 15th, 16th. We started getting orders on um, social distancing, which is one of your. Uh, hot button issues or if you put it as a hashtag and 
uh, right. chose to focus on businesses to help uh, the ones that are struggling. Now, you, you also focus on some of the right. personal interest stories. Uh, have you come in contact with some interesting people that you wanted to share with us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a Florida Keys native. Uh, she grew up down here. I actually saw her as a small child and, and see her. I saw her grow up down in the Florida Keys. And she moved to just outside of New York City. Um, and she is an occupational therapist. Well, about, uh, well, almost exactly, just a little more than nine months ago, she told me that she was pregnant, and that was all wonderful and great. And uh, she had the baby kind of at the very beginning stages of, of coronavirus in the United States when um, things were getting a little bit bad in, in New York, and she had to be in that hospital. You know, she, she gave delivery to her firstborn um, and the father was there and how he had a hard time getting back into the hospital. He was one of the last fathers that, that uh, was able to be in the birthing room. So that was really interesting. And I wanted to share that story again, like you said, human interest story mm-hmm. um, with, with uh, people in the Keys just wanting to know what the conditions were like in New York too. And I asked them about New York and they talked about how the air is so much cleaner and, you know, have kind of a little bit, well, definitely a lot eerie about New York City and the, all the traffic. It, it's mm-hmm. not like that. It's almost it's like a ghost town like everywhere else now. So that was a really, really interesting story. I also get to do fun things and choose my stories. I have a, a Rebecca's Corner on RebeccaInTheKeys.com. And uh, I interviewed my mom. She started making masks. Uh, she lives in Ohio still, and she's making these safe masks. Um from her Florida room mm-hmm. in Ohio, and she's using the, the the type of material and the fabric that is really preventing germs from getting in or out. So I got to go through that process with her, and actually, I thought it was just something fun for Rebecca's Corner, but that's been our highest mm-hmm. viewership, is my mom in Ohio making these safe masks. People want to know how to be safe in mm-hmm. this time, and they want to know that maybe the T-shirt's that they're cutting off and putting around their noses and doing all that uh, much to help them. It, of course, it's doing something, but how to make masks that are really safe. And so that has been the highest um, viewership of any of the videos in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. Have you, have you, I've read a couple articles about the effectiveness of masks, and uh, I'm not disputing that it's not important. It's actually, it seems to be what the general consensus is, it's best for getting people that are asymptomatic from spreading to other people because uh, right. uh, the uh, people that become infected are, you know, it's on their face, on their eyes, because if someone coughs on you, the, the mask doesn't, uh, it may block you from ingesting the droplets through your lungs, through the nose or the mouth, but you still have it on your face and your, and your clothing and things like that where, where it could be. So, they are suggesting, right. in, in general, if you are uh, practicing social distancing, if you're going to be within six feet of someone for more than two minutes, uh, you know, it makes sense to wear a mask. And uh, we do it here. And that, um, right. I was really shocked uh, a couple weeks ago when I saw a doctor and his wife and in uh, Publix, uh, I'd say four days before they required, or, or five days before they required everyone to start wearing masks. 
to uh, walk around without masks or face covering. Yeah, I, I noticed too. Um, I've, I've noticed people who are in the medical industry and, and um, I, I saw a doctor a couple of days ago for some, you know, for mm-hmm. actually it was a veterinarian and, and uh, he had a mask on sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, we had the mask on all the time. I just kind of worried about his safety. And of course, every time you go outside right now, you're taking mm-hmm. a risk. Yes. So what we've been trying to do is we're trying to minimize any possible risks. Like we were talking about earlier with numbers mm-hmm. game, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, there was this commercial, I can't remember what city put it out, maybe um, they said put it out and it was just this dominoes, the mm-hmm. dominoes all together. And, you know, one knocks down and it, it touches everything else. So mm-hmm. it really is a huge risk going outside. I know right here in the Keys, we only have approximately 60 cases. Um, and so we're nothing compared to those bigger cities, but that's still 60 cases. We're still taking a risk. We're Every time we step foot outside of our houses, um, you know, we have to take these precautions. Even if a mask is not going to do everything, of course, mm-hmm. it's, it's safer. This type of mask that my mom's making is safer than just using, you know, a shirt or whatever. But it's still a risk. Um, you go out. We wear latex gloves. Uh, we come back. We wash our hands. We sanitize things. We spray Lysol on the mm-hmm. boxes that were delivered. Uh, I have a P.O. box. I have to go to the the post office i hate going to the post office i love seeing my friends there like mm-hmm. uh the Teresa who works at the Tavernier post office but uh i hate going there i don't know what to touch i i um have i have my gloves on and i open the door and then i touch my keys to go into the post office box mm-hmm. and then i don't want to put my keys back in my purse because it could touch other things it's just it's a mission. It's a mental mission to go outside I, anymore. You from know? what I understand, it's you know, it's just frequent washing, uh, good hand hygiene, and not touching your 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 face, and making sure that you sanitize areas like your you know surfaces in your in your house on your steering wheel and things like that are your best effective way of avoiding it. But um, right. with these. Um, uh, with these videos, are you, you, you mentioned a success like your your um, your mother's uh, video of making the mask. Um, uh-huh. What what's your greatest hope for, let's say, a company? Uh, we have a restaurant that we're full service restaurants. I think a lot of times, and it's just uh, they're just barely hanging on right now. They're just keeping their kitchen going, maybe keeping their chef and, and some of their key employees. Uh, busy uh, by doing the takeout because obviously it's um, you're not doing the same amount of business as you did before but uh, I I think it's uh, besides being able to help them it also shows people say listen these are the people that are affected and then eventually we are going to come out of it it would be something like oh well that was nice that they did this um, and you're just reacquainting them with that but I think it's a great job that you're doing. And uh, do you, when Thank everything's you. over, when, when let's say we start doing the phased thing, uh, one, two, and three weeks from now or months from now or whenever, whatever the time is, do you want to make it into something, Rebecca and the Keys, is it going to stay on that five-minute video format? You're going to stay with the human interest stories? You're going to do featuring businesses and you're going to offer them for free? 
Well, I'm not really sure. I haven't really thought that far in advance. You know, once we started this with a uh, you know, the human interest stories and the stories about businesses and what they are doing to pivot in this market and this economy. Um, once we started with that, we've been really going full blast. I mean, I have a full-time job as a teacher, and so I'm doing that, you know, more than working hours during the day. And then from that, I switched right into Rebecca and the Keys uh, mode and, and have been going um, after people who need help and who need to get their message across and helping them. So it's really been a few weeks now, you know, three weeks, or so since this idea, you know, in this whole, this whole, we revamped the, the website in mm-hmm. a weekend. That's it. We sat down for an entire weekend and we revamped this website from just listing all these videos that I've done. I've done, you know, 60, 80, 100 videos for um, TV88. So we revamped the whole thing into what it is right now. And then I had also, I had also been, writing a journal because I'm a writer. I, I love mm-hmm. to write and I, that's how you kind of work things out in your head sometimes. And, um, and so I had also been writing this journal because I just thought, wow, I need to document this. I don't know for what, <clears throat> what purpose this is going to serve, but this needs to be documented. So um, really since the very beginning of this spring break, our spring break here was uh, mid-March, I think mm-hmm. March 15th ish, something like that. They all blend together. But um Spring break, uh, we went to Okeechobee on a bass fishing trip. And even before mm-hmm. that, like a week before that, I think, maybe the second week of March, um, I started journaling all of everything because yeah. it's just such a weird, it's surreal time. And then the emotions that people go through, I, usually if I'm writing something, I know that you're a comedian. And so, you know, you probably, when you write or when you're in your comedy mode, you're, mm-hmm. you're always, you know, laughing and doing this. But I started writing and I realized I would go from being like really serious and freaked out to, to comical and laughing at Mm -hmm. things. And, and then I realized, well, maybe this is the way that humans deal with things. Maybe this is, this is such, I don't want to say a negative stress, but it's such a change. um, So that's so different that people are dealing with things in all sorts of ways. And you can see in my writing, I could read it and go, wow, in this, you know, people would read my writing and say, you know what, in that article, I laughed, I cried, I felt bad, I felt happy, and all in one, all in one day of, mm-hmm. of writing. And so what I decided to do there is I, I made it another, uh, another section of Rebecca and the Keys called mm-hmm. uh, Corona Blog. And I took all of those, I think it was April 5th, because I have a lot of entries from April 5th. I, I think, yeah, April 5th. And then I, I just, one after another, I posted all the days. It took me most of the day, um, but I posted all of the days that I had written, and I've continued to do that when I can. So it's just really about documenting this human experience at this time in our, in our existence, uh, the emotions, the everything, my emotions in Corona Blog and everybody else's emotions and how they're pivoting in their businesses, how they're, um, you know, just rethinking their lives when you can't go out and think rethinking their priorities. And so that's what I want Rebecca and the kids to be about now in the future, you know, who knows, who knows what's going to happen. But of course I definitely want to continue this. This has been an amazing experience and I love doing it in my, in my spare moments. (laughs) So, so wait, are you going to be on Tumblr? Is there going to be a Rebecca and the keys on Tumblr, which is an excellent format for blogs, you know? 
Well, you know, I'm not really sure about that. I have just signed up for Twitter. That's how you got a hold of me, Twitter. Yeah. And I'm just now learning the basic ropes of Twitter. And um, I had a personal Instagram. Uh-huh. Now I have a Rebecca and the Keys Instagram. So you, you can Jim link them is all really, together uh, if you like. You can, you can link it all together. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, well, Jim you know is a the funny marketing, thing about marketing that? expert. And I have that at my fingertips. Yeah. The, the funny thing about all these things. But I was just going to say that he's the expert. Yeah. Well, yeah. The interesting thing about. Go uh, ahead. With social media is you get all these uh, avenues for getting out there. And then when, let's say, I wasn't sure if I, uh, I, <laughs> I wasn't sure if we communicated through LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> or uh, uh, messaging, uh, just uh, a phone message. And I'm looking for your number, and I'm going, oh, my God, where did I – how did I contact Rebecca originally? Because I was looking for your phone number, and then I finally oh, found, I found it on Twitter. Um, so <laughs> with hilarious. this, uh, we're going to get on to this. Uh, this works perfectly, long-distance learning. Um, your 11th grade te- English teacher uh, and uh, English language teacher, the um, last year, I don't know if – I, was it last year when I, God, every you know, time's kind of telescoped, but uh, I uh, really spoke has. to, I spoke to a uh, a senior class. No, it was in the fall, I think. Um, you know, Tracy, your the fel- one of your fellow teachers. She's a senior English teacher at Coral Shores. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, tra- I spoke to a, a class of seniors. Uh, I was oh for her avid class, I think. Yeah. I spoke about resilience. Wonderful. I, I, oh, I spoke that's about wonderful. resilience. Wonderful. What a great topic. Yeah, and you know what? I it's gonna sound shameless and egotistical, but I killed it. I killed it. I had that had them wrapped attention. That's awesome. They were they were in there and I'm looking forward to do that doing that again, uh, when we have the opportunity again. But as well, I'd love to have you in my classroom. That would be wonderful in my classroom, too. They, You know, these young kids really do need those positive messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they're going through right now is just something that, I mean, nobody's been through it. But think about all of the experiences that you and I have as much older than them people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't want to say older, but because we're, we're spring chickens, but uh, much older than them. And we've had all of these experiences. We've learned it to deal with things. You know, they, this class that, you know, the senior class has been through Irma. That was in, in their time in high mm-hmm. school, too. And they, they were dealing with that, too, but they were a little bit younger. But we have dealt with so much from relationships to loss to successes. And, they, and these kids haven't. And uh, the first assignment that I gave my students when I was doing distance learning is we, we had always been on the computers. I'm in a computer lab at my um, at school, at Coral Shores High School. And so I've, I've really, uh, you know, used all of these different platforms, online platforms of the past. And so my students are pretty used to them. So their first assignment was to write a journal, journal in their Weebly blog. I have them writing journals in Weebly. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, their their topic was my experience, and it's just been their experience um, in the last few weeks with the coronavirus and being uh, quarantined in their house. And 
you have all these range of emotions. You have kids who are so happy that they can come to school in their underwear now, you know, with distance learning and or lay in bed all day with, um, you know, relaxed and comfortable. And they're really excited and happy about that. And you have kids that are just longing for their friends and maybe their girlfriend or their boyfriend that is that they can't see really they can maybe skype or facetime but they really can't see that person much i had uh one guy write about he wrote about he had to make a choice he had to either be with his girlfriend and her mother and not go out anywhere or he live at home and he chose to be with his girlfriend and his mother another reason he couldn't go out anywhere is they have asthma and so if he was to you know, carry the coronavirus back, they would have horrible consequences or could have it. He didn't know, but he's completely kind of distanced from everybody else. And he can't go like to the store because, uh, because he's, he cares about his girlfriend and his girlfriend's mom who have asthma. So all these stories that I'm seeing, it just really breaks my heart because they have such lack of real world experience. And now they're having this major challenge in their life. They're hearing this news that we, that I've turned off, but they don't know if they should turn it off or not, you know, but they've had all of, they haven't had the the experience to be able to really deal and cope with some of this stuff. And it's it's heartbreaking. So, so that kind of that I was going to say, what are the new challenges for remote learning, uh, them not experiencing those things, not, uh, not being able to uh, be with their friends and, and visualize. You have the people right. that is the are the classes effective when they're when these young people are so distracted by uh what they lack right now, like human, human contact. uh, Well, I think that actually when we started school, I think that it actually was a positive thing. They were so bored and they were so isolated that when we came back from spring break, which, you know, school didn't start, distance learning didn't start until, Mm -hmm. you know, a week after, almost a week after, again, time blends together. So Mm -hmm. uh, a week after we we should have come back. You know, I went to the school and I got things that I needed. And then they told us, really, don't come back to school. We don't want you here. We don't want germs here. We don't want to give you germs, you know. So, um, but I think... At JCPenney's Memorial Day sale, sizzling deals are on with store-wide doorbusters all weekend. Or bring home savings up to 50% during our Memorial Day home sale. Save even more with your coupon. And for all former and active military personnel, enjoy an extra 10% off in-store. Just show a valid military or VA ID at checkout. Shopping is back. JCPenney. Coupon valid on select styles through 530. Some exclusions apply. Doorbusters valid 526 through 530 and excluded from coupons. See store or jcp.com for details. The kids went to distance learning. They were craving structure. They were craving some kind of normalcy in their daily routine. And I really think that our school district, um, in particular, did a fantastic job of preparing uh, us as teachers. I mean, I had used a lot of uh, online tools, but some people hadn't. So they had this course, and teachers could learn about all of these uh, different online platforms. And Google Meet is how we have our classrooms. But these kids, they came back, and they were anxious and willing to be on the Google Meets. On the first day of class, April 1st, we had about a 96% attendance. Um, 
number for the first day of school back. And what that means is 96% of the students logged into one or more of their classes. So they were really, really craving this normalcy. And how it's been going since is, um, uh, for me, it's a little bit different from most teachers, but for me, it's easier and it's more challenging at the same time. Um, it's easier because I had this down in my classroom. We were taking tests in a photo, and we were we had a Google Classroom that they were making vocabulary slides in. And what I've tried to do is take that course for teachers and just integrate some new platform every week for my own knowledge and to keep the students interested and engaged in learning new things because this right now has been – uh, an opportunity for them to learn all of these technological programs and apps and and it's, it's been great for technology but the way that it's been challenging is that I teach um, not only English 11th grade English but I teach English language learners and so they are mostly Spanish speaking kids who don't speak hardly any English some of them speak uh, fine conversational English, but they still uh, need to ha be in that classroom uh, so that they can pass the FSA. To, so it's like more focused on passing the FSA and the other tests that they need to take. But uh, most of them, a lot of them don't speak any English at all. And so I have a, a cursory knowledge of, of Spanish and I can speak conversational Spanish, but getting them on board, sometimes their, their socioeconomical status is lower than other kids. They're here, you know, working jobs, supporting their families or, or whatnot. And it was really hard to get some of those kids on board with what they needed to do. They didn't understand what was happening. Um, I have one kid uh, that I haven't heard from yet. He, I heard he picked up a laptop at Coral Shores. Mm -hmm. um, and then we've talked to his father a couple times, but I, I can't get him engaged in the class. I don't know what's going on. So it, I have a, they assigned me a Spanish-speaking paraprofessional, a, a support person, um, so she could call and have conversations. But sometimes these people uh, have more important things, and that's, that's what we have to remember as teachers. They have more important things right now. They might be trying to get food for dinner tonight. You know, mm -hmm. they might be taking care of, kids these students are taking care of younger brothers and, and sisters and school really isn't that most the most important thing so i wouldn't say that my classes are 96 percent attended uh, but they're well attended every day um but it has been a challenge to get the the spanish speakers who don't speak hardly any english involved but i have a wonderful support person and she has been doing great now that we've got a, a couple kids uh, we found a couple kids and and lured them into the class, and now they're doing really well. Um, but my principal has been doing wonderful Skype meetings for faculty meetings. You know, he really tells us that how it is. Um, he gives us all the updates and responds to us in a very, very quick, uh, timely fashion And uh, when we email him. And so I really there, – there are benefits to distance learning and then there are also detriments like I really I really miss their, their faces they especially the ELL students they would come in and give me hugs every day and I miss that and they would come to um, they would come to my classroom at lunch and we'd turn on the dance videos mm -hmm. at lunchtime and we'd all get up and dance it was so silly but I, I miss it so much you know 
You know what? That's a very positive message you've been giving. And it segues nicely into it. Um, I, the, um, especially the service industry in the Keys, we're heavily dependent on tourism uh, down here. And there's a lot of people that, I mean, frankly, there, uh, we have a high percentage of people that are, uh, we have a high uh, ratio of immigrant population. Some of them are undocumented. And whether they are or not, they're vital to this community. They serve. Uh, Absolutely. They, they're, they're workers here. And uh, they're, a lot of times they could be missed and uh, just overseen. Like they just, people just don't, if they don't, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, so it's nice to see that someone's concerned about them. And I, I try not to engage people that, uh, if there's any negative thing out there, usually the my listeners uh aren't the type that get say, well, they should be out of here and stuff like that. And I say, well, you don't know what it would be like without these people that are working these entry-level jobs. These uh, Right, know, and, and for them too, you know, I, I can add that, um, you know, I, I don't, whatever your opinion on it is, is on, on that subject, these are kids. You know, mm-hmm. they are doing, they are where their parents want them to be. You know, they don't have any choice in this. And so despite your opinion, on, on that whole subject, it's, mm-hmm. it's that these are high schoolers who have come here at their parents, you know, will, and and we do what we can for them. We try to make them productive citizens and 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 get them what they need to to contribute to our society. And and they're wonderful. You wouldn't believe the hearts in those kids. And they're actually my favorite to teach mm-hmm. because they want to and they need to learn English. Uh, my other my other class, I love those kids too. They're, they have wonderful personalities, mm-hmm. and some of them are really high flyers, and they just soak up everything. It's great, but a lot of them are in English class because they have to be there. Uh, they have to be in English, uh, get four credits, one a year, and to to be able to graduate. So English might not be their thing. It might be, oh, I'm just going to be a mechanic anyway. Um, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. I'm going to have a family business, or whatever. I don't need this class. And so it's really hard to engage those kids. But every single one of my English language learners, they want to be there and they know and they're grateful to be at school. And that's really something that's different than mainstream student body population. Uh-huh. Well, you, and um, yeah, I, I 100 percent endorse that message. Um, you're the chairwoman of the Amarada Achievable Housing and Citizen Advisory Committee. Uh Correct. Housing and security. The, the rents, uh, uh, housing in, in the Florida Keys is uh, pricey. And right. they're um, currently, uh, I'll just throw a little number out there. There's 74,000 residents as of 2019. About 12.7% live at or below the um, poverty rate. And the uh, rents and housing here, even if you are above the poverty rate, I'd even hesitate if you're just, you know, middle income. It, it's very difficult. Do you see any absolutely concerted effort by the county? Um, I mean, we see we see uh, Habitat for Humanity. They have some places going up. Uh, uh, these are new construction going up in Winley Key. Uh, that's right for families, and we there's approximately. Uh, all combined between the income-based apartments and rent-subsidized apartments, 
it's a total of uh, like 1,450 residencies. And then if you average uh, the, the families out being around five, that still only covers, uh, that'd be about 7,500 people. And it doesn't even meet the, the poverty level. The poverty level is still 1,500 above it, besides the other people that live of, above the poverty level and have, uh, you know, they, they, that could be double that number. Uh, is Monroe County really serious about it? Because every time I see, um, sometimes there's a meeting, uh, let's say up in the Upper Keys, and they're talking about affordable housing. You see they're talking about putting up uh, housing for three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 a unit, or uh, you have something that costs uh, $2,500 a month, which right. could, could be 50%, 50, 60% of someone's income. Right. Yeah, it's a really, really difficult if, issue, uh, Jim. It's something that on my committee we just have to – you know how you, there's a saying, you throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks? You mm-hmm. have to throw everything against the wall. You have, to, you have to attack this problem from all sorts of different angles. Now, it's just it's really a, a very difficult situation we have with a limited amount of land mm-hmm. and uh, the number of people who want to live here, the number of people that we need to live here. I mean, uh, we need school teachers like me and firemen and, and cops and and, um, you know, people to work at the restaurants and the service industries. It's, you know, we need those people, but how do we afford it with the high price of land and the demand to be here? And so, again, it's, there's no answer. So whether the county or the village or is working toward it, yeah, I think we're working toward it, but it's just, I don't want to say I'm on I'm an impossible committee because we make successes. Mm-hmm. It would be impossible if, we didn't make these uh, programs and these little successes because if we can chip away by it, by little by little by little, then then we're going to make an impact and we're going to do what it takes to hang on as a as a functioning society here in the Keys. But um, one of the initiatives that I spearheaded on the Affordable Housing Committee was um, the Affordable Housing Down Payment Assistance Program. Well, it's actually it was the first time down first time home buyers uh, payment down payment assistance program where the village would give somebody who qualifies as uh, medium or low income, uh, they would give them $10,000 to buy a house. And that's how I bought my house. And I was so grateful to be able to buy my house that um, I continued to serve on the affordable housing committee and help other people get into these houses too. And so it's not an affordable house. It's not built as affordable. And it could be any house that you find that's for sale that you could um, that you could afford to live in with the monthly payments, but Isla Morana knows that it's it's difficult sometimes for those working people to come up with those ten thousand dollars because of the cost of living down here. Mm-hmm. So Isla Morana gave me ten thousand dollars toward my down payment and closing costs and all that. So since then, we have now been. Di- uh, discussing in the, two months ago, I think was our last meeting because of this coronavirus. Uh, we were discussing opening up this program to not just first-time home buyers, but any home buyer. And first-time, I just have to say, first-time is defined as within the last. I thought it was five years, but then I heard it was three years. Um, three years, according to HUD. So, um, 
we want to open it up to everybody who is meets those income qualifications because say like a husband and a wife they get divorced and and they're working people and the husband just owned that house but he wants to be live in an apartment for a while and then buy his own his own house does he have to wait three to five years to get that money from the Isla Mirada and, and we tend to think no that maybe he should be able to apply for it too so we're looking at all these different ways we're looking at all these different initiatives um, we're talking about granny flats I can't give you much detail on that one Mark Mark um, Greg is the expert he's a real estate attorney and he's a, the the one person spearheading that uh, granny flat idea and then we just all have like a little assignment and you know I'm a teacher and so I assigned everybody their passion what what do you want to do to chip away at this problem and everybody every meeting comes in and they say okay here's where I got with my initiative here's where I got with my initiative and then we move together we give each other ideas and we move forward that way but in a couple years um, we're going to come to the end of, of being able to build so we have to deal with that problem, too. What happens when we've reached build-out? What happens with the property owners who are not able to build? Do we have to buy those? Will that bankrupt our government? Um, what do we do then? And so that's a whole other uh, avenue that we have to explore here um, at, on, the, on the committee. Well, you, you know what? I salute everything you do there, and I, I think that's wonderful. Um, that's a, a wonderful service that you provide, and it's very admirable that, that there's a group of concerned citizens that are, are taking up this cause. Um, and uh, I just wish you all the success in the future with that because it, it means a lot to the health of the county. Um, we're going to move on. Thank uh, you. We're going to finish up on – we're going to eventually finish up on a high note. I know that. But right now, um, we're um, – you're – as Rebecca in the Keys, as someone seeing, uh, looking into these businesses, these human interest stories, as a teacher, what do you think about these initiatives coming out right now? And it's coming day by day. Uh, you see there's a segment of the population that um, believes that the cure for this illness is um, worse. I mean, it, the cure is worse than uh, what we're going through economically. And that uh, there, we're going to have to, in order to make an omelet, we're going to have to break some eggs. And it's pushing uh, to, let's say, even though they came out with a phased approach, they seem to be pushing the short, shortening of the social distancing or not the shortening. Maybe that's a miss. I misspoke. Maybe shortening the time that we're we're sure we're out of this uh, flattening out the curve do you know that right i think infections? i think shortening that is just dangerous um i'll tell you i i understand the plight like i said i'm offering all of these free videos to businesses because i want to help but I, I i totally understand the challenges that we have right now the economic challenge but my belief uh, was that we were ready for a change in society we were ready. This was the time. I believe everything happens just like it should happen. That is my mantra. That's what we always say. That's how we keep positive and how we keep moving on. Um, everything happens the way it should. And right now, I think that this happened and the way it's, it's very devastating. And, and, I, and my heart goes out to people who have lost 
uh, their loved ones and their friends. I think, though, that this is a time where we've had technology and we've had these resources. As a teacher, we've had a lot of this stuff before the social isolation. I couldn't believe what was available to me. Um, so we've had this, but we have not really been using it. We haven't been incorporating it into our lives, although it has existed. And Mother Nature, the universe, God, whatever you believe, just said, you know what, it's time for a change. And here's what's going to happen. And I don't think that our world really ever will be the same. I think that, you know, I, I hate to admit this because I'm on keto diet, but um, I ordered a pizza from Domino's. I just I needed a pizza last night. You know, mm-hmm. you just have those days you needed a pizza. And yesterday was one of those days for me. So um, I ordered a pizza last night and I put my toppings on, on the computer. And it told me when my pizza was ready. And this technology is unbelievable. And I think that this is the future. We are in the future. Maybe we will go back to school and maybe we will go back to our social clubs. But we're always going to have this, I don't want to say scar, but this um, impression in our minds about, you know, what germs are and how easily things can be transferred from person to person. And, uh, you know, I miss my hugs from my students, but will I hug them again? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So everything is going to be different. I would ca- strongly caution anybody against, you know, going out if they didn't have to. It's it's been an experience where we we've limited our number of of trips outside of the house, and it's just better safe than sorry. But I think it's businesses. I think that people will pivot to adapt to this new world. Maybe they weren't ready for it, but here it is. It's here, and now they got to do it. And now they have they are doing it. They're developing ways to do it. There's card dealerships that are offering disinfection services, and you know no interest for sixty months. So, I mean, this needed to happen um, for businesses to change. I don't know. Like you said, what came first, the chicken or the egg? I don't know. But it is happening, and businesses are changing and adapting. And if we are saying that opening the keys or opening your area is the, the way to recover the economy, you're throwing out the baby with the bathwater. You know, you're you're just you're just opening up everything to go back to the way that it was so maybe to recover the economy we all need to learn to adapt and change how we do things um use the technology that's available develop new and exciting technology and make that part of the business i mean i had groceries delivered last saturday how awesome is that i would i'm going to do that even when I can go back to school and, and I can um, go out and be in my social clubs and, and work on the affordable housing committee, I'm going to still have my groceries delivered. That What a great time-saving effort that was. And I don't have to be exposed to possible germs and maybe get sick less often. I get the flu a, a couple times a year or, or get sick. And, and so this, this is a new world, and people are adapting, and the economy is coming back around. People are just still doing things, but they're going to have to do them differently. I mean, the face-to-face things, you know, like I talked to today, um, DT Israel, who is a hairstylist up in Key Largo. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, you do. Wonderful. Okay, yeah. so I interviewed her today. That video will be coming out probably in the next few days. And, 
you know, she's going to have to definitely touch people, and but she's still going to take more precautions. I can tell um, everybody is going to change and adapt and be more cautious. Mm-hmm. You know, our moms told us to wash our hands when we were little, but now we're taking it seriously. Yes. <laughs> so that's. I think the economy will come back whether we're outside or not is my point there. Well, thank you. That was a positive message. And I, well, I agree with you. Uh, I, I tend, I would not, if I didn't agree with you, I wouldn't have said anything, but I agree with you. 100%. <laughs> um, the, the, and on this, one of the things you did mention, I figure we're finished with this, is that you said you're a musician and a songwriter. What instrument do you play and what kind of genre do you work in? And have you been doing this? Right. Have you been doing it during this uh, time we had? Okay, so I play the piano. I've been playing the piano since I was really little. Um, and then I play the bass guitar. Now, I have I fool around on the guitar, but I, I'm not very good on the, the guitar. But I, I played uh, the piano since I was young. And then uh, maybe four years ago, uh, me and a few other teachers at Coral Shores High School got together and said we wanted to start a band. So I was the bass player and the keyboardist. I would do the bass guitar on some songs, the keyboard on other songs, and sometimes I would do them both at the same time. So that was kind of my little challenge. I love little challenges. So um, I I played in the band for a few years, and then um, after that, I decided to build my own recording studio at my house, mm-hmm. uh, my three bedroom house. So I turned one of I turned the office into a recording studio, which ironically I have had to turn it back to an office to work from uh, with distance learning, but um, it was a recording studio and I still have all my programs. I could probably fit some instruments around my, my uh, neck if I wanted to. But um, what I've been, since the, since the quarantine, I've written a couple songs and, and I record them and I, it's just really for a hobby or for fun right now. And I figure Jim is really the technological expert and he's doing all the videos for Rebecca and the mm-hmm. keys. Uh, right now, and I figure once once things kind of slow down, and or maybe once I go on my summer break, if that ever happens, um, then we'll focus more on the songs and everything. But I have a few recorded just right here on my computer. Yeah. Uh, I wrote some songs for the band too. We played it out. One song I wrote was called Teacher's Song. It was about um, it's like this. They say that those who can't do teach, but it's okay because we're at the beach. It's all right because we got the summers off. So it's a song about the perks of being a teacher. So that's that's my musical experience there. I love music. I encourage everybody to pick up an instrument if they have some spare time right now. Writing and reading and uh, music and creativity, that's what's going to bring young people into themselves here in this, in this uh, really strange time where you can't be around other people. Well, I'm trying. I'm not going to put you in a corner, but I just you got to tell me what kind of where you're working from. Are you oh. like a Taylor Swift, or you Tori Amos, or you a? Um... Okay, well, the band was a classic rock band. I love okay. classic rock. They tried oh, to incorporate great. some country, and I said, I said no, like no country. That's no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We played, uh, we played a lot of different things. Yeah, um, yeah I can't even. I can ramble well, a mock rock, here. Though, that's have, great. So. Here we, yeah, so I have actually I have my set list right here. First set we played uh, Can't You See, Knocking on Heaven's Door, Tupelo mm-hmm. Honey, Pirate Looks Up 40, Play for Gumbo, Tequila Sunrise, Pose in the Sand, Endless Summer. Oh, actually, Morrison. that one was a really oh good my, one. Okay, I see it. 
Oh my God, I love it. Uh, I even I even let them play. It convinced me to play Wagon Wheel, which you know, mm-hmm. country tones. I, I but mm-hmm. I love it because it's so much fun to play. Uh, Three Little Birds. We played a little reggae there too. Oh, wow. That was a little difficult to learn. That was probably my most difficult one to learn because in reggae the beat is very different Mm -hmm. and being the bass player i had to pick that up before anybody could get the song so uh ring of fire uh, just really great songs that was just the first set the other two kind of fell off my keyboard in the last couple years (laughs) but it was a really fun time um the songs that i write are just all over the place they're um i guess maybe a twinge of tori amos you mentioned but um i like the classic stuff the best Oh, great, great. Um, I, 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 I'm not a big uh, country guy. I'm, I, my skin used to crawl every time I'm working and someone would play. I would turn off the uh, jukebox. I, you know what? Someone's going to get me. <laughs> right. I love this, that song, I love this bar. I hate uh-huh. Oh, my God. Or uh, the, the rhymes in uh, uh, Whiskey for My Friends, Beer for the, My Horses. And I thought, you know, PETA would have a, you know, great thing about that. You know, feeding beer to horses, uh, okay. a ridiculous thing. I mean, but no, it's just the, the rhyme scheme in it. I Again, don't even know that horses, one. <laughs> beer for my friend, oh, whiskey for my friends and beer for the horses. I just, I don't know. I, I, there, it's just one, it's like cat people and dog people, just the way it is. Um, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, it really is. I, I, I had a. They tried to bring some country into there and something about if mama ain't happy, nobody happy or something like that. I don't know mm-hmm. what it was. I said, no, absolutely not. Won't do it. No. <laughs> and that was the end of that. <laughs> I hate to do any country fans because, you know, it really is. People love it. And I, and I appreciate that you love it. And some yeah. of it is very talented, too. And and lyrics sometimes can be real good and relatable. But yeah. You know, things just, that just ain't my cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I see it. I see it. Well, I, we've kept, we've covered the gambit here, Rebecca, and I appreciate we're almost at an hour. I normally go 45 minutes, but we can, we don't have any time. Um, okay. Restra- well, we do have time restraints. I have a total of three hours I can record. Now, uh, I've never done oh, that. Oh, well, then ask me some more questions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can always, we can always come back. We're going back for the record, Jim. We can, we can always do, uh, we can always do another show, I think. And uh, I <laughs> okay. lo- the picture you sent was the one I downloaded just in case. I was going to ask you, I wouldn't put right. it on there, but that was the one I, I have it ready to go. So the picture you sent in the Perfect. email. Yes. And it's a lovely Perfect. picture. Perfect. Branding. Yes. Branding. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's important. And I want to thank you for being on the show. And I will share this, and I'll make sure you get a copy of it. And uh, we're going to talk about this again. Let's um, give us where we can get a hold of these videos. Uh, give us those uh, All addresses. Right. All right. So you just go to RebeccaInTheKeys.com. And, Jim, you spelled it for us earlier, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, in the keys dot com and uh, there's a whole bunch of different videos on there you can look at or you can go to youtube and just look up rebecca and the keys and they're all on youtube i have that channel there too um you can get notifications on instagram rebecca and the keys facebook rebecca and the keys and like you said twitter it's rebecca underscore keys and that's where you can find me right now and and i really appreciate the time you've given to me and and the uh, what you do for the community and, and the society here, Jim. 
Oh, thank you very much. And uh, I'm going to put it in a title. I'll, I'll put your name in a title. I was thinking about Rebecca, uh, hot for teacher, but I'm not going to put that in there for you. Oh, no, no, no. I'll make it respectful. <laughs> no, I'll make it respectful. Rebecca of uh, Rebecca in the Keys. So we just have that spelling correct. So. Um, All right, perfect. Yes, I will do that. And I'll, I'll make sure we have a link there and I'll put it in the summary. And I'll make sure you get a copy of this. And I thank you. And we'll do this again. And I'm sure we'll meet in the future once uh, this is all over. Oh, maybe we'll meet over the uh, Internet here. Thank you very much. All right. Wonderful. That sounds great, Jim. Thanks. Thank you. Goodbye. All right. You stay safe. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, listen, I started the music again. Um, I'd like to thank all of you for listening. We'll be back. I, I started the music right away, but uh, I'd like to thank Rebecca. And we'll be back uh, probably in a couple hours. Thank you.